functional, efficient, and clever. Sounds like a great dating profile. Hey everybody, I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. And today is a masterclass on small space styling. And those three attributes, functional, efficient, and clever, are key to making a beautiful, stylish, smaller space come alive. And small is definitely the new big. I just got my new issue of House Beautiful, and yet again, on the cover, they are proclaiming that small is the new big. I'm not sure I'm going to go that far, but I do love the challenge and the fun of designing a small space because there's just a certain feel to it, a coziness, and there's a lot of things that you can do with a smaller space that become much more complicated with a bigger space. I'll always want the biggest slice of pizza or pie, but honestly, I'm not really interested in a bigger home. Could I go smaller? I definitely could. We've got great tips for you how to style a small space really well. Okay. You ready to get started? Yeah. I thought we took a little bit about the why before. I mean, some of it might seem pretty obvious, like less to care for. I love that. Underline it. Less to care for sounds so great. And also that you can use better fixtures, more expensive fabrics, because less is truly more on a smaller scale, right? So the quality can be better because you don't have to get so much of it. And a smaller space overall is just less to pay out on, less to heat, less to cool, less to maintain. You have to look beyond what is there, which in a smaller space may not be that much. You might be able to look around and see all the walls that you own or all the walls that you rent, and that's it. But try not to see just what is there. Try to see the potential. Try to see how you could transform a certain corner into a dining area. So we're going to have tips on all those ways to really in a sense, expand your space and use it better, make it more functional, make it more efficient, make it more beautiful. But you really have to start with the way you look at the space. Don't think that you're confined to this square footage and that it can't change because not only can it change uh, by doing a little bit of renovation, maybe just a little bit of custom building, It can also change by your color choices, your furniture choices, and making the right choices will make this space spectacular. And if you are moving from a larger space into a smaller space, I think the first step is to get rid of clutter uh, because I think that clutter is your enemy and the smaller the space, the easier it's going to be for it to look cluttered. Uh, So, And obviously... The same amount of stuff in a in a 3,000 square foot space is not going to fit in a 1,000 square foot space. So you may be getting rid of a lot of stuff. And I thought we might be moving this fall and I actually sold a lot, a lot of my stuff, anticipating it might happen because I knew there was a particular house we were looking at. It has much smaller closets and I got rid of the stuff and guess what? We didn't move. But do you know what? I'm not sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, good. That's such good advice. Yeah, that you you went and did all that, and you're not saying, "Oh, I wish I hadn't given away my stuff. I wish I had sold my stuff. I just want more stuff." And you're absolutely right. The smaller the space, the bigger the enemy clutter and extra stuff that the, you're not using. You know, if you haven't made waffles in a while, get rid of the waffle iron. But there are ways to really approach a smaller space that can, it's. I think it's super fun. I, it's part of the reason why I love of older homes too, and oftentimes they're smaller because there are these restrictions, right? And I think you have to be more creative. And that's part of what I love about what we do is the creativity. If you have a 7,000 square foot home, you can kind of do whatever you want. You're not really restrained in any way. You don't have to get clever with storage. You don't have to think about how a certain table can function in two or three ways. So I don't think that's as interesting, really. So let's dive into some of the specific tips. So one of the things that I think you should consider right off the bat, which is in line with what I kicked off with, is not seeing necessarily what's just there or how the last person decorated it. You got to open up your eyes and think about all the potential. I want you to think about the potential of going vertical. So that can mean just taking cabinets higher. That can mean taking bookcases higher. That can mean hanging things higher. So think about the vertical possibilities in the space that you're in. In fact, that aligns with what I was going to suggest. My first tip is to add bookcases and potentially even a bookcase for every room. This is going to make use of that vertical space that you speak of. Also, you probably have less storage space, so you can use that for storage, and you can use it for display, because you're probably going to have less room for display as well. Uh, So that's certainly something that you can do. And when we had looked at this other house, there weren't a lot of built-ins, and that was something I was going to do, was add a wall of bookcases to the dining area and to the study. And uh, if you paint the bookcases the same color as the wall, it's going to feel more built in, especially if you go with a darker color. It, it's not going to be so obvious that it's not built in. Uh, of course, built in is ideal, but if you're looking to save some money, go with those Billy bookcases that we talked about I, with the, at IKEA that have the glass doors, and you can even do some trim molding to make it look like it's built in. Adding on to what Anita has just mentioned. The bookcases is a great idea. If you have a window or a a bank of windows, you might want to consider wrapping it. So again, that's going vertical. It's uh, having the bookcase idea, which yes, Anita is so right, gives you the opportunity not only to store your books, but also add some personality, which of course you want to have in the space just because it's small. It cannot be devoid of you. You need to be in that space and you need to show the things that you love. You can also add baskets if there's storage that you don't really want to be seeing. Another thing you can do in a smaller space that we might not recommend in a really large space because it wouldn't necessarily be something you would have to do is you can actually put furniture up against or very close to these bookcases. So you'd be sort of covering the bottom shelves, but that's okay because you can then store things that maybe you don't want to see there. So you can go floor to ceiling with the bookcases, go over the window, you know, not covering the window, go over the top of the window and back down the other side. And you could maybe have a chair or a sofa sort of in front of it uh, because it's going to work in the smaller space and it's going to be very efficient 
present and it, you can still get to the things that you need to. And if you need to move the chair out of the way to get to a basket that maybe has extra linens in it or something, that's okay too. So think about all the ways that you can utilize going up and around and wrapping and the bookcases is a great idea. You can also, again, if you're allowed to by your landlord or if you own it, push into the studs. So if you're having custom bookcases done, maybe you open up the wall a little bit and you get into that space in there. It might just be inches, but it's inches that you might really need. You can do that on a large scale or on a smaller scale. I've did that in our previous home along the side of the refrigerator. It was just going to be dead space. So I had the contractor go into the studs and I was able to create a very tall cabinet, not very deep, but I could put mugs. And at that time, the girls were little, so sippy cups and things like that. And I had maybe 10 shelves in there. It was terrific because otherwise all those mugs would have been taking up another cabinet in the kitchen. That's right. And if you have unsightly things that you need to store in these bookcases, you can always get some baskets or boxes to store those things in. And for a while there, and they may still have them, Ikea had these beautiful blue boxes. Another way to add storage, and I think beautifully, is if you have some small side tables to replace them with little dressers or little chests. And then you're going to be able to store things uh, in the same size footprint than you would with just a table. Uh, if you want to keep your tables instead, you could you could get a custom fitted fabric cover and you can probably have someone on Etsy make that for you. And then you can store things underneath that uh, skirted, uh, skirted table. Oh, and that's a fun place to add a little pattern or something like that. If your kitchen is exposed, so you know, think if you're in just a, an open concept space or if you're in an apartment where no matter where you're sitting, you can see the kitchen. Maybe you want to consider painting the kitchen the same color as everything else so it just kind of flows, but also maybe don't use any hardware if you have the opportunity to alter the uh, doors of the cabinet or the drawers. It's going to look slicker and it'll be less visual noise when you're looking into the kitchen. Oh, great idea. Another thing to consider are smaller chairs. These are going to be more flexible. You'll be able to move them more from one room to another, and they just don't take up as much space. Uh, When you're working with a smaller space, some of those older, bulky chairs are just going to look awkward, and they're not going to give you a lot of room to get past them. So this is a great time to go with smaller chairs, which means go to the antique store. There's so many beautiful smaller chairs that are antique that are just simply beautiful. And these are going to add such a panache to your room. Uh, They're going to be some comfortable seating, maybe not as comfortable and slouchy as some of the chairs. But again, if you have small space, uh, you're going to be in the same rooms all the time. I think that's when it becomes more important that the chairs become really beautiful. And so that's another way to really add some elegance to the room. And they're more mobile that way as well. So, Because you might have a chair that is your accent chair that also is a dining chair when someone comes over. So you want to be able to move them around. If you've got these big clunky chairs with the rolled arms and all of that, you don't want to be dragging it across the floor all the time. So a slipper chair, Parsons chair. I love Anita's idea of a smaller antique chairs, little things, little chairs that you can tuck in here and there, and then you can use for many purposes. And Anita talks about, I said, I think you mentioned like coming in and out of the room, you, um, 
reference that, you want to make sure that you've got some flow in the space. So you want to have good egress and ingress. You don't want to have to walk over things or trip over an ottoman or something like that to get through the space. So obviously you have to take that into consideration when you're making furniture selections and also when you're then styling the space and putting the furniture in place. And one thing that you want to keep in mind if you're shopping online or in person is the arms of the chair. So back to Anita's point of having a smaller profile on your chair, that's an important thing to look at. Maybe armless chairs is the way to go, but certainly not something with a big arm because that's going to take up a lot of space and it's really not going to do that much for you as far as comfort is concerned. So I would really consider a slim side arm if you had an arm at all on the chairs that you're picking out. Excellent. And along those lines, flexibility is very key in a small space because rooms are going to have to function in a multi-purpose way. Uh, So for example, with my daughter, Evie, her first apartment was about 500 square feet and there was, it was really tight. That is tiny. Right. So this one's 750 square feet, Uh, but they showed the apartment layout with just kind of the sofa, two chairs, and then there's the kitchen and there's an island where you can eat, but they really didn't show you being able to use a dining room table in there. Mm. Uh, but she had a table that we just kind of put in the corner uh, with two chairs. And that has become her desk because obviously she does not have a study. That is now her study. So she eats at the island. And then this table in the corner is her desk and she's got a reading light there and she's got it set up as a desk. So it's all in the same room. But if she has company, that stuff comes off the table. It's actually an antique English draw leaf table. So she can pull it out from the wall, pull the uh, draw leaves out, and then she's got a lot of extra seating. And there's two French chairs that she has in her living room. She can actually pull those around the table. And then she also has some folding chairs. So I think she could actually easily entertain 10 people in there for a, a space that really is not that large. Of course, there'd be a weight limit on the people. <laughs> there were 10 people in there. But no, Anita, seriously, we need to tour Evie's apartment because this could be the masterclass tour for this episode. It sounds like you're doing all the tips that we've already mentioned and the and the ones we're going to be getting to. What a great use of the space. And I love what you said about the fact that when she's there by herself, she has these designated areas. She's not just like, oh, eating her dinner and doing her work at the same spot. You still want to feel like you're moving around, that there are... are areas that function differently in your space, it's going to make it feel like it's living larger than it is, right? And then she has this opportunity to transform the space, you know, sweep away the work, put the desk lamp away and, you know, have a party. And that's fantastic. That's such an ingenious way to use the space. And I bet she got some help from her mom in figuring that all out. She might have. And then we also went with a smaller apartment size Uh, sofa, I've heard people say, no, you should go full size. Well, I would say it really depends. And in her uh, old apartment, the nook for the sofa literally was six feet. So (laughs) we had to go with a six foot sofa there. But in this apartment, because we went with that smaller sofa, she has room for two um, end tables next to her sofa. Whereas had we gone with a larger or traditionally sized sofa, Oh, she would not have had room for those end tables. So it was really nice to be able to get some lamps in there 
and a place for someone to set a drink who might be visiting. That's also a great point that you bring up. Don't feel like you have to go small in a small space as far as your furniture selections, but you're absolutely right. You have to really be smart about that. Six foot sofa is still a nice size piece of furniture. That is not a dinky little piece of furniture. It's not a love seat. It's not sort of a chair and a half. It's still a nice size piece of furniture for a 750 square foot apartment or certainly a 500 uh, square foot apartment. So I think you made a great choice there, but otherwise you you don't necessarily want to think about getting doll-sized furniture in a small space. It's going to actually make the space feel smaller and it's not going to be as comfortable because you're not a doll. Uh, You're a human. You're a regular-sized human and you'll have other (laughs) regular-sized humans over. So you want to have the furniture be comfortable. Right. Another thing that we did uh, to make the space flexible is that the rather than a coffee table that could not be moved out of the way when she was having guests, we went with a kind of a good-sized ottoman. It's a, it's a killum covered ottoman. It's really one of my favorites, but she needed something. And, <laughs> so, so I gave it up. Not that, mm, okay. Now that you I know, I gave it. it that. I know, and it's covered with one of those lambskin rugs that's so Oh, cute. you do really love that. Well, you're such a nice mom. <laughs> I know, and then we put a tray on top so she can serve drinks or, you know, she can style it with the tray. But then she can take that off and put her feet on when she, no one's there. Or if she has guests and she needs to use it for seating, she can kind of move it over out of the way. So I, I think there's a lot to be said for having a lot of ottoman, a, a lot of ottomans. I guess that's the right way to say that, to have a couple of ottoman there. or um, No, it's yeah. ottomans. That's right. Ottomans, not Ottomans. No, it's not Ottoman, although I did say that. That is not correct. Ottowoman. If, if you have more than one Ottoman, or if you have a couple of those uh, garden stools, those are great for yeah. side tables, coffee tables, and extra seating. So that's just a really nice, flexible piece to have. And then if you were to move to another place, it can be used, like I said, very flexibly in different rooms a, a lot of different ways. Even in the shower, which is where I use some of mine. Yes, the garden stools, not the ottoman. Exactly. <laughs> Certainly not that ottoman you gave her. No. Not put that in my shower. <laughs> I think you should stick with neutral paints in a small space. You know, white obviously is a great choice, but I would stay neutral and let the art that you choose or your treasures or your pictures of your family or whatever sort of speak and come to life and use pops of color throughout. Uh, Again, creating the flow just like you would in a large space. Don't treat it like it's some different type of space. It's just smaller. It's just on a smaller scale. So you should employ all the design tips that we always discuss today. We're just honing in on all these really clever, efficient, and functional tips to make the space spectacular. Uh, So I would go with a neutral, and I would probably also suggest if you have the opportunity to do this, to paint the trim the same color. Now, if you moved into an apartment, more than likely it's probably painted that apartment white with the same white trim. So you probably set there. But if it's not, or if it's your own space and you've had a different colors, maybe think about painting it all a neutral color and using the same color on the trim. That will sort of dissolve the boundaries and again, sort of limit the visual noise that you be experiencing in the smaller space. 
I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon. And speaking of a small space, you really don't want it to feel like a closet. You don't want it to feel dark. So make sure those windows that the curtains push all the way to either side of the window if you have curtains and those shades go all the way up. And I certainly would recommend against plantation shutters because they do, even when you tilt the um, louvers, uh, you're still blocking about 40% of the light coming through unless you swing them out. But if you have a small space, swinging them open may be a problem. Oh my gosh, you just said so many things that I'm like, oh, I have a tip on that. I have a tip on that. So you said closet, you said drapery and the swinging out. I want to talk to all those things. Uh, so drapery, if you want drapery, if you need it for privacy or whatnot, definitely do what Anita said. Extend that rod, have the drapery sit when it sits on the wall, if all possible. I would stick with a very neutral a, a color. I would not go with a pattern in a smaller space. Obviously, you can get away with this if it's done really well, but to to really enhance the, the, the feel of the room, if the wall and the trim and the drapery are all the same tone, I think that's going to really give you a sense of more space. And uh, let's see, the other thing you said was closet. Now, some of our longtime listeners might remember that at one point, Peter had an office in a closet. So if you can give away the closet space to an office, that is a great way to have a nook, get your office stuff in there, particularly if it's maybe those bifold doors. So you've got a nice opening that's not too deep. You can just even drop a piece of plywood in there, support it on either side, make a hole for your wires. Hopefully you've got an outlet in there and bam, you can have your laptop, your computer, your pile of work, your in and out box, whatever you've got going in there. And then you can shut the doors when the people come over for the party, right? So that can be off to the side. And the other thing you said about um, swinging out. So if you have an opportunity to divvy up the space, I mean, if it's a one-room apartment, you're probably not going to do that, but you might still want to do some dividers. But certainly if it's a smaller home or a condo, you're going to want to differentiate the space. So the swinging out of the doors, whether they're in place or you're adding and dropping down a wall or a half wall to, to sort of divide the space up visually, think about pocket doors and think about barn style doors that is not just for farmhouse. They come in all different styles. You can get different type of hardware. You could also just have a simple flat panel that can slide to the side. You can also differentiate the space with draperies or room dividers. So there's a lot of ways to sort of separate the spaces uh, without having that something that's going to take up a lot of footage by swinging open and shut. Wow, that was a lot. I was going to forget, so <laughs> I think I had to get it all in. Well, how about this? So again, we're talking about a room that you're probably going to be in all day because you're not going to have different rooms to go to. 
So I think in this particular case, your TV or that black hole during the day when you're not Mm. watching TV becomes more problematic when you cannot get away from it. So what about replacing it with one of those frame TVs, which displays art when you're not watching it? But if that is not in your budget, I did find on Amazon, and I'm going to share the link to a USB drive that you can plug into your smart TV and you can set it up where it shows it's a slideshow of art when you're not watching TV. Your TV has to be on. But wouldn't that be beautiful to be looking at that, especially when you have company over instead of that black TV? That could be a great solution because that's one of our top questions that we talk to people about all the time, particularly in the consults. How do we hide the TV? I don't want the TV there, but we have no place else to put it. What a great, and it sounds like maybe a cost-saving solution rather than getting rid of a Mm -hmm. TV that might not be that old and buying a new one that displays the art. I'm going to check that link out. I can't wait to see it. Another thing that you can do with the TV is... Just go with a large iPad. Now, that's not going to suit everyone, and it probably would be nice to have a larger TV somewhere in your home. So even if your home is on the small side, maybe you've got a little den or something where you could put a fuller-sized TV. But if you don't want the TV in the main common area, the living room, or over the fireplace, or certainly if you're in a a one-room apartment or just an apartment with a bedroom and a common area then think about just going with a large iPad. We do not have a TV in our main house. Now, we are fortunate enough to have the back house, which we call the barn because it's shaped like a barn, looks like a barn, so that's what we call it. But back there, we were able to create a family room, and that's where our big TV is. But I'll tell you, the times that I go out there in a month, I could probably count on one hand. And we do watch TV almost every night. Peter and I will watch a show before we go to sleep, but we just use the iPad. And even sometimes with it, we watch a lot of sports. I love sports. He loves sports. Even if it's a big game, we'll just pop the the iPad up, put it on the coffee table, and we'll sit there on the sofa with the dogs and just watch it on there. It's really, you know, I'm not hosting a Super Bowl party every weekend if we want to watch a, a base, uh, you know, a football game or a baseball game or something like that. So the iPad suits us just fine, and we're not anti TV people. So you might want to consider that uh, because it really does cut down on the space you'd be using on a large TV. And then you can have some art up on the wall and not the black hole. Wow. Well, and that would work for me because I really don't like the big TV anyway. So yeah, I could totally get rid of the TV and be perfectly happy uh, because I like to watch my shows on my iPad anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but speaking of multi-use rooms and how... You know, we don't want to be looking at that black hole in the multi-use rooms. Uh, Kind of think about how you're going to be using rooms. Let's say you have a guest room, but it also needs to double as an office. You know, something that you can do is either put a day bed in there or try the Murphy bed. Uh, I'm seeing them more and more in homes, and they are easier to find on places like Amazon and Wayfair. So that is an option, especially if it's a really small space. Um, you know, you could just have that bed sitting out when it's actually being used. But we we love the day beds too. I love using those. And at our farm, our sofa is a day bed because we only ha- it's only a two bedroom. So if we have a guest, you're you're on the 
<laughs> you're on the day bed. And so when you sit there, you, your feet will touch the floor. I do have about three layers of pillows in the back for when we're using it as a sofa. And then when someone's sleeping there, all those pillows come off and you make the bed with sheets. And um, yeah, it works out very well for us. I was very comfortable there, I have to say. And as little as I am, my feet did touch the ground when it was as a sofa. (laughs) So it's all good and it worked. (laughs) Another thing you want to think about with your furniture selection is double duty furniture. Anita mentioned the Murphy bed. I have seen, I have a client who has one. It's a Murphy bed that when you push it up, it actually is a desk. So it's sort of a fold out. Oh, I've uh, seen those. yeah, horizontal surface that comes down and then the legs kind of flip down. And then when you push it up, it just goes flat against the wall. It's awesome. It's really, really useful. Uh, but antiques, again, great options. How about a secretary that is either a china cabinet or a bookcase above, depending on what you want to put in there. And then it either rolls open or flips down to a desk. Uh, Or how about a drop leaf table? So it could be a console table, but then it's a dining table. Antique furniture often morph into other types of pieces of furniture, like Anita saying, uh, EVs. Now that's, what did you call that? It's a pullout. So it's not a drop leaf. It's a draw leaf. Draw leaf. Yeah. So there's two leaves and they tuck in on the sides and you pull them out. Brilliant, right? Or the drop leaf that's just slips down. I love a drop leaf. That's so great. You can push it against the wall. It could be even your little entry table. You could create a little entry. And then if you needed more dining space, you just flip it up and and pull it out. And there you go. So think about how your furniture can have different functions for different ways that you're living in the space. Another thing to think about is that light coming in and you may have limited windows. So you want to put lots of mirrors in there to be reflecting that light coming in the room. Now, having said that, I have seen a lot of houses lately that have mirrored walls, and I really, really, really hate those. So I am not suggesting that you do that, but just put some large mirrors, especially the type that kind of look like a window with the divided lights. I think those are great. And the oversized mirrors, I think, are beautiful, too. Uh, And that's plenty. You do not need the wall of mirrors. The wall of mirrors is just so bad. That's what I think. I get what they're trying to do, but you can accomplish that with a large mirror and it just looks so much better, so much more tasteful. So I guess I have a strong opinion about those and so do you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was a little, 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 little strong there. Okay. So think about glass and think about lucite. And we love mixing all types of furniture. So you might say, I'm not really a lucite person, but let me tell you, it mixes beautifully with antiques. I've Mm -hmm. done it. I've seen it. And I have recommended it for clients because again, bringing down that level of visual noise. Maybe you don't want to have a big wooden dining table. Get a glass one. You're going to be able to see a lot more. You see right through it and you can position it maybe in front of that bookcase like we were talking about earlier and you can still see what's under it. So that's a good option to bring in these materials. And while we're talking about materials, yeah, you can go for the better stuff because you have to get a lot less of it. So think about using slabs instead of tile. So if you're redoing a bathroom, that's going to also limit the amount of grout lines, again, limiting the visual noise and just simplifying it where it's one sheet. Uh, Same thing with a kitchen. If you're able to do that 
on the countertop and then use the same material going up on the backsplash. That's a great, really streamlined, sleek look in any size space, but particularly in a small space. Another thing to consider is you want to hang things on the wall. You want to express yourself in the artwork that you have or the photos or a beautiful gilded mirror that you bought in the antique store. You might want to stay away from the gallery wall, not only because they're hard to do well, it's just a lot of stuff on the wall and you might have smaller things. So I would say go bigger maybe have less things, but bigger things. And I'll give you an example. I've just redid a kitchen in my client's condo. And the transformation, I have to say, is quite remarkable in this small galley space. It's north facing, it's dark. And well, we changed the 80s wood tones and took the tile counter out. And we're doing white cabinetry with a sort of a soapstony counter. So very sleek, great looking. And there's one wall at the end of this not even very long galley kitchen. My client had this gigantic framed matted a piece of art and it's an Asian, the Asian goddess of beauty. She's absolutely beautiful. And it's five foot tall by four feet wide. And I said, Janice, this lady, this goddess has got to go in your kitchen. And so we put it on that back wall and it is amazing in this small, very small kitchen to have this giant piece of art. So think about something possibly really large on the wall in your small space and it's going to work. Wow. Well, I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of rules that still apply even if it's a small space, like fewer pieces of artwork that are larger, I think still work very well. And I would say the same thing with the rugs too. Don't use this as an excuse to skimp on the rugs. You still want the largest rug that you can afford in the room. And if it becomes kind of a wall-to-wall rug, then, then so be it. I think that's great. So what are we defining today? We are defining tester. And what it is is a canopy, usually of carved wood or cloth draped over wood that you will see over a bed. Uh, It dates from the 14th century, and it can be supported either by four posts or two two posts at the foot and a headpiece uh, over the head. Uh, Or it can even be suspended from the ceiling. And the word, I always wondered, why is this called a tester bed? It is from the Latin word testa, meaning head. And that's sometimes where it's attach the wall is just at the head or maybe it's not even attached to the wall it's just attached to the bed but it does mean head in in latin uh and that word came to us in the middle ages referring to that vertical headpiece so in the 16th and 17th century uh, testers were frequently massive in construction and they had elaborate carvings over the canopies and at this time keep in mind families all slept in the same room And these really kind of created kind of mini rooms. So it was not only for privacy, but also to keep the warmth in the bed because, you know, the rooms were very drafty then. So and then in the 18th century, these testers became lighter and purely decorative because the houses became bigger. Uh, The kids got their own rooms. uh, They were better heated. And so there was no need for that heavy drapery around the beds anymore. And it was just became a beautiful piece of furniture. I am so happy to know why it's called a tester. I did always wonder that, but never took the time to figure it out. So thanks for that, Anita. (laughs) Sure. 
What's your crush? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to share this. You know when you put something on a Pinterest board or you tear it out and you've had it with you uh, for a long time and you think, oh, I really want to do that. I really want to get that. I had my eye on this particular lamp and I wasn't sure where I wanted to use it. I just was really drawn to it. And I actually found that I had pinned it a few times into different boards. And <laughs> That's your sign right there. That's the sign. And I thought it was held back by two things. I really didn't know where I was going to use it and the price. Mm. Okay. So where did you find it? I'll tell okay. you in a second. I have been recently redoing my master bedroom, which I absolutely love. And I'm almost ready to share. I'm waiting for the draperies. I found a spot for this lamp that I loved. And I was, oh, I was like, I really don't want to spend that much for a lamp. You know, again, longtime listeners, you might know I don't spend a lot for my lamps. I kind of, I estate sale them or I thrift them and I spray paint them and I do all kinds of things. So I was holding, holding back, holding back. And then I decided, let me just Google kind of what it looks like and see what comes up. Sure enough, at Walmart, I found a lamp that looks exactly like the lamp that I really wanted. It's very slightly different, but for the difference of over $600, I can live with the difference. So the original lamp that I loved was by Chapman and Myers. They're great lighting designers and it was sold through visual comfort signature collection and it was 769 dollars. still is i just checked before we started recording and the lamp i got is the julian 29 inch ceramic white ceramic with a brush gold base comes with the shade and it was 87 dollars and 17 cents Whoa. Yeah. You get, you get the gold star, but deal of the day. Let's call deal it Deal of the day. That's true. So there is a slight difference. I mean, if you held them next to each other, uh, you can see there's a little bit more brass on the bottom of the one that was $769. But hey, I don't need that extra little bump of brass. I'm absolutely fine with this. Uh, it's a lovely shade of gold, the brushed gold. And the shade is really nice too. It's got some texturing. I'm thinking about down the line, I might do one of those fabric shades that we're, we're just like ooing and eyeing over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd have to find obviously the right fabric and it's a larger shade. So that might be a, a little expensive, but I'm very happy with the white textured shade that came with it. It's it's gorgeous. You know, it really pays to shop around. I was thinking about your tip, too, about how you can um, sort of get the info from the Mm -hmm. image, even if Mm -hmm. you don't know where it was. So I didn't need to do that because I knew who, uh, because it's on three or four Pinterest boards, I knew who was making it. So I went right to the Visual Comfort site. And when I put them side by side, I said, oh, come on. It's so close. It's ceramic and brushed gold. It's not like one is made of some precious material and the other one's made of plastic. They're made of the same thing. Wow. So you got it already? Did it come? Yes, I love it. Oh, oh, that's so fun. I love it when the a plan comes together like and that. And it that's looks so, so good. It's it's such a, a large lamp. It makes a nice statement. So I have it in the bedroom on a, a thrifted dresser that I painted black and I polished up the hardware. And it just looks so it just looks so sharp on there. It really does. Sweet. Oh, sounds wonderful. What's your crush? Well, back to the table. Remember, uh-huh. I got the the dishes with the, the spoon. <laughs> you know. Well, I I've been wanting some lavender 
stemware and glasses to go with it. <laughs> of course because you have. Does- this is uh, that like that book. If you give a pig a pancake, he's going to want some <laughs> syrup. If you give Anita some new spode dishes with lavender, she's going to want some lavender glassware. Well, if you've set as many tables as I have and you have, Kelly, you know that the glasses are a nice way to add color to the table. And I don't really have a lot of colored glass glasses. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, what a great idea to get some lavender. What glasses. a great idea. <laughs> uh, you know, that's right. So I found six lavender or maybe they're, maybe I would call them more plum uh, wine oh. glasses. And so they oh. go great with my dishes and they're thick and heavy glass. They're not crystal. So you can put them in the dishwasher, but they add so much color to the table. I'm so happy with them. They're really beautiful. And I will include the link where I got them because I got a pretty good deal on them. Awesome. So two good deals today in our crushes. This was really fun. I really enjoyed getting ready for this episode because I really love the challenge of an older home or and or a smaller space. And the combo is fantastic where you really have to get creative about how you're using the space and what you're putting in it. Well, that's right. And I know you suggested monochromatic or neutrals which is certainly an approach, but I've also seen them done so well. And I know you have too in a lot of London townhomes and uh, spaces where it's lots of color, lots of pattern, and it's just beautiful. It's a little more work, but it can be done beautifully. So don't feel like you have to go neutral if that's not something you want to do. And uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.